1: Kareem Benzema's world and we are all just living in it. It was a good night for the Spanish sides as Real Madrid and Villarreal took first leg leads over the last two seasons, Champions League winners. I'm here with Michael Lahoud to dissect a jaw dropping evening of European action and Everton's latest costly defeat and the reports linking by the way, Eric Ten Hag with the Manchester United job. I'm sure Michael Lahoud and many Manchester United fans will want to discuss that, but there's a lot to discuss. We want all your input, we want your comments and your questions. Throw them in. We want to talk a little bit of Champions League and so much more. Kego Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso. I'm LME at right He is Michael LaHood at Michael LaHood. Welcome to CBS Sports Kego Lasso. It's a Champions League Wednesday recap, baby. Michael, how are you, buddy?
0: I am just stress free, you know. Getting married at the end of the month, and I—I I think watching Karim Benzema, what he's about, it just there's a feel good vibe. There's just so much love in the air. Just thank you, Karim. We'll, we'll tap into <laughs> that more, but just really good day.
1: Everybody that's watching, please make sure that you congratulate Michael Lahoud uh, as he gets married at the end of this month, right? Michael Lahood, is that right?
0: Yep. End of this month, April 30th is a big day. So just really, really grateful for a lot of things for my wife to be. And really just grateful for players like Kareem Benzema because, oh, thank you. Know. Anyone that beats Chelsea, thank you. Thank you.
1: thank you. I'm just very glad, Michael that you mentioned your lovely wife to be first before yeah. Kareem <laughs> Benzema. I feel like you might have gotten in trouble there. As well, long as you wants- don't have the him in your vows, I think you'll be fine.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he keeps playing like he's playing, I might have to try and petition to have him <laughs> at the wedding in case Ancelotti, he's, they've done the job. So might he might be free. Up for that weekend, but oh yeah, she watches the shows. I know what I'm doing.
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, congratulations to you both. End of the month. Absolutely. We're just happy that you're here in the first place. And I'm sure uh we'll be talking a lot more as the big day leads up. Uh, but welcome everybody, que Golaso Champions League Wednesday recap. We want your comments. Are your question? If you're a Chelsea fan, how do you feel about this? Right after losing to Brantford, you lose one more time again, concede three goals. Real Madrid fans, by the way, this is your first victory against Chelsea is your first away victory against an English opponent for the first time since 2014, 2015, Kareem, the dream Benzema does it again. But I thought there were very good performances from all over the pitch. Michael LaHood, let's get going. First of all, uh, there were some billionaire bidders in attendance at Stamford bridge. Michael LaHood, uh, Todd Bowley was there. I think, uh, you know, what, what do you think of that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if the check is already being guaranteed, but they're already there uh, and present. If the
0: check's been guaranteed, ask for a refund. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be begging for, no, 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 I I took one too many zeros. If the check hasn't, well, Abramovich and your crew, the price just went down, not just down, way down after that performance. There's a cloud hanging over. It's not just because it's London and it's England and it's rainy. There's just a cloud, and rightfully so, over this Chelsea team. I, I thought that they got it all wrong trying to play a back four Against Brentford, and now when you get to the Champions League, you know you, you're 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 playing catch-up, you're playing makeup, and it costs them. I mean, they they were bullied for ninety minutes against an uh, experienced and quality Real Madrid team.
1: Yeah, they absolutely were. Just a few notes here, by the way. Uh, first, it was Brentford, then it was Benzema. Now Chelsea concede six goals in less than an hour, which is mm-hmm. kind of scary. But Karim Benzema, first of all, unbelievable. Uh, you know, Vinicius Jr. to make that first assist, by the way. And then obviously uh, that ball, I believe it was Tony Cruz. Maybe it was Modric. One of those two, no, there's one confirmed with him. Yeah. Who was it, was it? Modric. it was Modric. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously it was Modric. You had to go with that, but <laughs> two fantastic headers. I thought the second one was even more impressive. Just how he could angle his body to evade that from, um, you know, from Edward Mendy. Yes. Natalie Benzema is a fine wine indeed. Uh, He breaks his own record as the oldest player to score a Champions League hat-trick. That's 11 goals this season. And I think it's fair to say, and I want everybody's thought on this, if you're watching, is Benzema the best number nine in the world? To me, the answer was clear a while ago, but I'll say it one more time. Yes. Uh, What do you think, Michael?
0: Absolutely. This second hat-trick, in the span of two Champions League rounds, not only is he the best number nine in the world, he is my leading candidate to win the Ballon d'Or Ooh, baby. this door. I'm putting I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm I'm it's time to cash receipts because this <laughs> man is gaining the respect of not only me but people around the world to do what he did single-handedly, he's demolishing teams to do what he did against PSG is one thing against a very, very staunch PSG attack. Stole the show with his hat trick. But to go into London, one of the epicenters of football, and to put on a show at Stamford Bridge, well done, world class. And what I like about him is look at the way he's scoring goals. He's not just a number nine who leads the line and, and, and wants to run in behind. He comes back. He's the link-up guy. He played that ball to Vinicius Jr., and now he's getting on the end of service from wingers. It's just first-class stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, there's Norris. I agree. That graphic uh, shirt, a few funny. It was Ronaldo, obviously, but uh, Olivier Giroud, I didn't realize as well, uh, the beautiful man that is Olivier Giroud. He's also getting on in terms of his age, but Karim Benzema, unbelievable. So everybody out there, please let me know. Is he the best number nine in the world? Tell me right now. And if you don't think so, who is? I just think it's very difficult to argue against that. But Chelsea, uh, you know. It's weird uh, here, Michael. I think that obviously what's happened uh, with the sanctions against Roman Abramovich and you know trying to find a new owner and then the sort of inconsistency of finances and not knowing even how much money was going to be allowed uh, as little as, uh, you know, as small as something as like, you know, uh, travel uh, to, to actual wages, to the stuff. I think just so many out of the pitch issues have really, like you said, clouded this side. I mean, from a formation perspective, uh, you, you mentioned uh, you know, uh, the strategy against Real Madrid was a mistake. Uh, Rudy, Thiago, Silva, and Christensen, that's a very, it, it, it's a sort of uh, sedimentary uh, back line, I think, uh, even against an old player like Karim Benzema.
0: I think where they got it wrong was Christensen, and he was played off the park. The pace of Vinicius Jr., I would have put Aspilicueta on that side. I'm not sure what's happened between Marcos Alonso and Thomas Tuchel. I don't know. If Alonso will not even get there as the family show. I'm not going to say anything awful about that. We'll <laughs> keep it PG. But there's just an imbalance to this team, and the weakest link in the back line got found out, Christensen. Vinicius was just running up and down that back line, and really two players, Reese James and Christensen, couldn't keep up with one in yeah. Vinicius Jr.
1: Yeah, I think. uh, And you know what? Vinicius Jr. didn't even have that much of a great game. I mean, a great assist, but uh, he overthought it uh, most times as well. Um, Norris, if you throw out that graphic of Real Madrid's lineup, I got to I mean, listen, Karim Benzema deserves all the credit, of course, man of the match, no doubt. But I thought that uh, Fede Valverde, the Uruguayan center midfielder, Mm -hmm. was unbelievable working his socks off. It was no surprise at the end. He fell to the floor because he was just mm. too tired. Casemiro as well. But obviously, you know, he he. we know what he can give. I thought Valverde was fantastic in the game. And then another one, who, by the way, has already shown it a while ago. I was angry at the beginning of his arrival to Real Madrid, Michael Hood, for obvious reasons, because I'm a staunch supporter of Keylor Navas. And, uh, you know, but you got to give it to Thibaut Courtois, who was incredible. That save against Aspiliqueta. Ooh, baby. How good was that? <laughs>
0: Oh man, that 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 shot that Aspel hit looked like he was about to take the goal and Courtois both out <laughs> of the stadium. He put some venom on that shot. Aspeluqueta, he has that. Some of the goals he scored for Chelsea have been bombazos in the back of the net. But this is a this is a Real Madrid team that is dependent on goalkeepers and really successful Madrid teams have been dependent on quality goalkeepers saving their backsides to allow the attack to flourish. Iker Casillas before him, Kaylor Navas in the Champions League, and now Courtois doing it. Mind you, this was a Courtois that left Chelsea to go to Madrid, Spain. So very good return for him back to London.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, Edward Mendy with an uncharacteristic mistake in the third goal, allowing Karim Benzema to get his hat trick, and it's funny, you know. In Spanish, uh, he's known as Karim Elgato Benzema, the cat, and it's by default because back when Jose Mourinho was the manager of Real Madrid, he would call him a cat because he was lazy, like it was an yeah. actual uh, sort of uh, off the par insult. And Karim Benzema used that uh, from that moment on and changed his game off the ball. And at this age. To this day, you still see that, and it's unbelievable. He's not El Gato anymore. He's a Leon, the lion. He's just <laughs> so scary, so overwhelming, such a good player. And all you need is a Benzema to be on point and a just above average Real Madrid. And this team can go really far. And the irony is, yes, there's that Jose Marino called Wain uh Superro, the dog as well. So I don't know what he's doing. He's creating a little mini zoo, I guess. But um uh, listen, after after the break, we're gonna talk about and Bayern Munich and then we'll get into the brackets. But quick question right now, and for everybody watching, if you're a Real Madrid fan, uh well or Chelsea, like how confident are you about the second leg? Now Real Madrid coming back to the Bernabeu, they got a two-goal advantage. Chelsea are gonna have to gamble. And I wonder how much of an advantage that's gonna be and h- how high are your chances now, Michael, of seeing Real Madrid not just beat Chelsea, but, you know, going even further.
0: I, I've, I think they've now jumped up as one of the new favorites for this competition, not just in this performance, but they have momentum on their side. They're winning games in different ways, and they're doing it behind one player, their talisman and captain, Kareem Benzema. But look at the players they have on the bench. Valverde now can play right winger. Mm. And we've typically seen him as, emerge as a box-to-box midfielder in recent years in the middle of the park. Now you have flexibility to play different tactical rotations, and you can rest certain players. I was surprised Asensio didn't get the start, mm. especially with what he's proven to have done in, in the last couple of years. Very smart move player. from
1: Ancelotti to to do yeah. that because you saw that through the game. Chelsea like to be narrow sometimes. I know that we focus so much on the width, but every now and again, they like to just, you know, suffocate you. And Valverde being used, as you said, like sort of a little bit from a wider perspective, he was able to contain a lot of what was going on uh, within the middle of the park. Continue, my friend. I just thought, I thought it was very smart by Ancelotti in that regard.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, and what I like about Valverde is his ability to cover so much ground and play on both sides of the ball, and I think that's him calling me right now saying, thanks for the, the compliments. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll call you back, Friday. But his ability to go up against an Aspo who likes to be very aggressive. Yes, Aspo is playing on the left versus the right, but you know he's still going to get really far up like Chelsea wingbacks do in this back three or back five system. Now, in transition is where Real Madrid have been so dangerous this season. And when you have a player like him who's going to be honest defensively when you're away from home, you need that more than anything. And then he can also get up and down and get in the attack, which he did as well. And yeah. just masterclass, the experience of Ancelotti won out tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the added time podcast. Thank you so much. You're always here supporting us. Thank you for the comment. Chelsea beat themselves. So many missed chances. And Mendy was hard. Kepa had, has to start. Uh, Listen, um, at a time podcast, uh, ATP, I'm not sure if I agree w- with the fact that Chelsea beat themselves. I really think Real Madrid did a really good job at identifying Chelsea's strengths and sort of nullifying them. Think about how good Reese James usually is. He was practically invisible invisible in this one. Pulisic didn't have a good game. Uh, You know, I didn't think, obviously, when Lukaku came on, you know, he missed a sitter, but, you know... I, I, in many ways, you know, there's things that Chelsea could have done to make it better, but I think this was more about Real Madrid stamping their ground and Kareem Benzema just being Kareem Benzema. What do you think, Michael?
0: I agree 1,000%. I, I definitely do not think that Chelsea beat themselves. They were soundly beaten at home. There was a stretch in the match where Madrid looked like the home team and Chelsea looked like yeah, the away team. The stadium
1: when, felt oh, like the Bernabeu. Chelsea was just, were getting whistled. Like yeah. when they had possession, it was, it was, it was silence. Well, was and by the way, I, I grew place. up in England. I grew up, like, I went to college 20 minutes from Stanford. I've been to Stanford Bridge a lot of times and I'm telling you something when Chelsea don't play well, that's usually what happens. Like <laughs> it completely gets overturned. Here's a good question, by the way, from search search. Thank you so much. Your, uh, your avatar is a little, little mystifying search. I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what that. are British teams overrated or English media don't give enough credit to La Liga teams. There's a little bit of truth in both, Michael. I'll let you chime in in a second, but I can tell you right now, Search, that as somebody that knows both cultures really well, uh, non-English and English, I grew up in England. I know England like the back of my hand. I have English family. Um, I think there is a lot of the time that happens is a lot of an insular projection too much in the Premier League. But having said that, rightfully so. The Premier League, in my opinion, is the strongest league in the world. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, partly because of the money it's just so much money into it You can't help but build strong teams Look at Manchester City, look at Liverpool You know, uh, I know today's not a good example But look at Chelsea So the Premier League to me is the tipping point You know, the, the the league that everybody wants to point to Partly, you'll hear many fans of other leagues Saying, oh, the Premier League And part of it, I gotta be honest, is jealousy They They know how good it is And they want to live up to it Having said all of that Yes, I think there is a little bit of an ignorance on uh, teams from specifically La Liga, somebody like Villarreal, for example, very well tactically managed, etc. Um, and obviously, you know, when you look at the mid-table teams, I think outside of Real Madrid and Barcelona, most English-based pundits won't be able to give you a concrete answer. So I see what you're saying, but I, I stick to this, Michael. The giant to beat remains the Premier League team, such as Man City and Liverpool. Look at the last
0: Champions League winners over the last couple of seasons or the teams that make into the last four, Chelsea, or the teams T-Man that made City, to the final.
1: Yeah, an All-English final a few years ago with Tottenham and Liverpool. Yeah.
0: The Premier League, rightfully so, because of the resources you mentioned, and, and the TV, the star power. Players want to go to England at the end of the day, or they want to go and experience the Hollywood atmosphere of playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona, or that Hollywood German efficiency, the German version of Bayern Munich in certain countries. And... It's it's easy to get carried away and start questioning those teams. This is a Chelsea team that is in turmoil, and Madrid put them to the sword. This is your best team in Spain. Should be maybe not so dominantly displaying what they displayed, but you'd like your chances if you're Real Madrid. If you are the best team in Spain, you would like the best team in Spain to go on and beat the third-place team in England. Now, if yeah, that's by not the happening, way- then, that, then there's questions to be asked about La Liga if today's result was the other way.
1: Absolutely. And by the way, in regards to the Champions League, I don't care, Premier League, Serie A, yeah. Liga, if you don't know the pedigree of Real Madrid in this competition, then you don't know what the hell you're doing. This is the most successful club in Champions League history. If you don't know what Karim Benzema offers, then I can't help you. It doesn't matter whether you're based in England or whatever. So, and let me just correct something, not correct it, but just emphasize, I'm a fan of so many different leagues. I love it. It's just that I think do partly because of the economical power but really more as was the the plethora of competition i think that overall to me the premier league is the strongest not to say that other leagues in europe are catching up to that today the day belong to real madrid just because they know how to win in this competition they're real madrid okay the most successful team so any final thoughts before we move on michael on this game
0: experience experience won out today this real madrid team they are revolutionizing what it means to be Real Madrid in this competition, because yeah. look at the spine of the team. These are players that were part of that golden era under Zidane winning champions league and their experience flourished. And it's now really shining off on young players around them. And I, I love that left-hand side for Madrid, but at the end of the day experience, it's, it's such an over uh, underappreciated quality in the champions league. Keep an eye on that for the remainder of the competition.
1: Yeah, well said. And I, I'm just gonna say also, I'm very surprised, pleasantly surprised at how Ancelotti, who our friend Jimmy Conrad likes to call the player whisperer, he's just <laughs> he, he can get the best out of players. How after Sergio Ramos left, mm. you thought, hmm, what's gonna happen to the back line? Like David Alaba coming into this has really shown a lot, at least in European competition. And look, yeah, clearly, right, Real Madrid got absolutely killed by Barcelona in a like Clasico. Um, I think Barcelona were outstanding in that game, but you can see in La Liga that Real Madrid can, can, can still relax at the fact that they should be able to win this this table, this standings. It's just now the focus is a little bit more uh, on the Champions League. But oh my God, if Kylian Mbappe comes to this club, by the way,
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Watt, Kylian Mbappe on the other one, Karim Benzema. Okay, all right, good night. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen elsewhere in England, by the way, Carlo Ancelotti's old team, the one he said, bye-bye to the one he said, bye Felicia. And he just moved somewhere else. <laughs> Everton, Frank Lampard's Everton uh, really probably wanted to watch his former Chelsea side play in the Champions League, but he had to deal with a three, two loss against Burnley. This was a massive six pointer, a must win game in many ways and lampard went with a midfield consisting of one midfielder to one center at holgate and one winger it will be is a little bit weird and danny higginbotham our friend said and i agree whoever lost this one is going down now everton lost burnley are now they're still in the relegation zone but one point behind uh, behind everton and everton's next matches i believe are your manchester united leicester hmm. city and then the Merseyside Derby. Um, what do you make of Everton, first of all, and their survival? No chance. No chance.
0: <laughs> no wow. chance with that with that with that schedule. And yeah. now it's not just the schedule, the remaining schedule. Yes, you still have to play the games, and anything can happen on any given day. But it's the direction, it's the mood within the camp. There's this loss of hope, and the way they lost today. This was an Everton Everton team that, as crazy as their midfield looked. They got two penalty kicks and it was two to one. Yeah,
1: they were an air yeah, of yeah.
0: hope. Where Charleston bangs away two penalty kicks, they were doing just enough against the Burnley team that once they get going, they're really hard to break down and maintain that. They're doing just enough. And when you're when you're playing in a team that's fighting for survival, I, I remember this as a player. And unfortunately, unfortunately, and it's a learning experience, but unfortunately, in the experiences I had, I played on some teams that we were fighting for our lives. And just when you think you're about to get out of the darkness, the darkness just grabs you by the you-know-what and pulls you back down. And when you lose a match where you're ahead 2-1 and you end up losing late 3-2, all confidence goes out the window. I think that's the direction Everton's going.
1: Yeah, it's a scary one. They're only a point above relegation. Those teams they have to play are not going to be... Easy, of course, they have their own objectives as well. But everybody out there, what do you think is Everton going down uh, and Burnley once again doing the great escape, uh, which would be, once again, I think depressing to a lot of people. They just want to see a new team outside of mm-hmm. Burnley. But look, I can't, I can't hate on Sean Dyke, man. You think this club gets a lot of money? He gets nothing. He has to look behind his couch to get money for the transfer window. Like they don't, And the fact that he maintains... You know, his status in the Premier League is commendable. Yes, their football is not sexy. I take that. But they're strong. They're gritty. There's some of that old-school Premier League style. And, you know, he's doing whatever he can. And and my friend Jordan Gardner, obviously, who knows a lot about ownership and stuff, he tweeted, like, it's a good point. You'd be surprised at how much money Everton has thrown at this problem for a while now. And it's still Mm -hmm. not working out. So maybe a relegation thing might be uh, a thing. Uh, By the way, Maxwell Cornet, who scored the winner, uh, is, yeah, he... Definitely his their sexiest player. He hadn't had scored in eight games, I believe, uh, in, in that one, and he got the winner in that one. But anyway, if you think Everton's going down, let me know. If you don't, whatever. Let's see. Uh, there you go. Yep, enjoy the championship, toughest. Thank you, really. There you go. I think, uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, Unai Emery does his magic again as Villarreal beat Bayern Munich, baby. I bet no many people saw that one coming, at least in uh, the course of this first leg. And we'll talk about because we have a Manchester United faithful here. We'll talk about the reported soon to be made appointment of Eric ten Hag to Manchester United. will Ask ourselves if it's the right choice. Uh, what does it mean for Mauricio Pochettino, etc.? And some final thoughts regarding the Europa League, as that's Thursday. Michael LaHood, LME, Que Golazo, Champions League, Wednesday Recap. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals
0: you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent.
1: Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Que Champions League Wednesday, Rica. By the way… A week, unlike any others, finally here, the Masters returns to Augusta National, where Hideki Matsuyama will defend his green jacket. So go join the First Cut Golf Podcast, where the entire crew is previewing this year's tournament, from storylines to picks and even daily fantasy advice. The First Cut has you covered. The First Cut Golf Podcast is available wherever you're listening to this pod. You play golf, Michael LaHood?
0: I mis—I try and fail miserably. <laughs> it's a hard sport, huh? Oh, not- well. When I whenever I hit the ball, I tell myself I'm the Sierra Leonean Tiger Woods, <laughs> and when I miss the ball, I tell myself I'm the Sierra Leonean Tiger Woods. So, still trying to figure
1: out golf. Well, I'm Peruvian. I just carry the the bags. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, but um, anyway, make sure that you check out the First Cut Golf Podcast. All the info that you need, and it should be exciting to see Tiger Woods at the masters unbelievable stuff there. All right, let's come back to the champions league. I'll tell you what is unbelievable. Unai Emery just keeps doing his thing. Michael, the One won nothing against Bayern Munich friend of the show. Arnold Danjuma opened the scoring by the way. Uh, he believes he's one of the best wingers in the world. I'm not here to doubt that. I think he's fantastic. He got that goal. Bayern did obviously statistically as the game went on, you know, uh, Overwhelmed via Real Baviera, stood very firm. Alfonso Davis did make his return in this one. I was surprised he started in this yeah. one, but it doesn't matter. El Submarino Amarillo shuts down Bayern Munich. Thoughts on this game, Michael?
0: I just want to start by saying good evening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't mind it. I couldn't, help it, I couldn't help it. <laughs>
0: Ah, when we were doing the preview show for this game, this was this in the Liverpool game. I thought about more less than the Liverpool match. But this game was definitely one of the trickier and trickiest ties. And Hmm. for a Bayern team coming off a 4-1 win, when I saw the lineup, I could not believe that Leon Goretzka was on the bench.
1: When yeah, I we seeing that, his prices before this in our preview, and he it, I, I was he surprised the goal
0: yeah. in his last match. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you, in the Champions League, I thought Nengel's been... And, and it makes me wonder if Nengel's been did not take this match seriously enough to put Maybe. out his strongest lineup. If you're going to put out Alfonso Davies, who's just come back from a long injury layoff, you got to put on Goretzka, him and Kimmich. There's more balance to that. I thought he got it wrong with Musiala, and Musiala was involved in the goal. He did not follow his yeah. runner. Look at the players for, well, we're looking at Bayern, first of all. I thought their left-hand side was a problem for them. Alfonso Davies, as good as he is going forward and his recovery speed, he looked like a player who was trying really hard to make a stamp on the game. Yeah, it was his Forcing first game casting.
1: back after a while, and you put him in uh-huh. in, in a quarterfinal, the first leg. It's a little questionable. I, uh-huh. I know that he's a tremendous athlete, but that's a lot to ask, Michael. I agree. Absolutely. And and when you look at that
0: left-hand side, you have Komen, Musiala, and Davies. And what I thought Villarreal did really well was they utilized Los Celso. Los Celso,
1: mm.
0: hey, what he couldn't do at Tottenham, he is definitely doing at Villarreal. He's finding ways to impact the match. And yep. his run in behind, he plays it wide to Gerard Moreno, who Gerard Moreno, my word, what a player. Big, big <laughs> striker. But he's How about got that? Neuer key. uh
1: he intercepts Neuer's like uh attempted pass, and he <laughs> yeah. almost does a ridiculous goal from beyond his own half. Oh. Almost, almost. Moreno's a tremendous player, amazing. What I thought was interesting, Michael, was when I'm looking at these stats, Bayern Munich, like I said, like they had 22 shots, mm-hmm. but from that, only four on target, right? So you could see the philosophy there from Unai Emery. He's like, look, Bayern's gonna come at us. That's fine. Just be organized, be compact. Here's the stat that really makes me think a little bit in terms of their pass accuracy, right? And Bayern clearly had way more passes than, um, than Villarreal. Bayern Munich's uh, pass accuracy was 85% to Villarreal 78. And what that tells me is like, you tried to do a lot, but not achieved enough in this game. You were trying to create something that just wasn't happening. And Villarreal did a really good job at closing in the spaces, kind yeah. of like what... Hilo Simeone was trying to do for 90 minutes against it, but they weren't sitting. They weren't parking the bus. Yeah. They were just very smart in their counter. I thought it was a really good tactical game from Unai I
0: agree. And the, utilizing the pace of two players, Estupinian in the Champions League is playing as one of
1: the best. Left. Hey, Michael, so, let me tell you something. Just very quickly, I'll, I'll let you carry on. But uh, you know when people ask me about Ecuador, Estupinian, my friend, is just one of like 10 uh, players that Ecuador have just like that.
0: Oh, uh, on the is- Electrifying when I saw him play against Manchester United in the group stages. I thought, who is this? What? Yeah. Get him. Eric Ten Hag, get him. We're gonna we're we're gonna jump the gun a little bit, and maybe not go full United. I just want to give that shout first on the transfer list. Call <laughs> me, I've got good tips. But with this Virreal team, they are what they are, and as pace going forward and the pace of Danjuma caused this Bayern Munich team problems. What didn't show up on the stat sheets for shots or goal chances created after they took the early lead, for a Bayern team that's used to camping out in your half, what happens when a team has pace and counters, you have to run 70 to 80 yards to get the ball back again.
1: Yeah, it's And you have players amazing.
0: who are attack-minded that don't want to do that. On the goal, it was an attacking player who didn't want to defend and track his runner, Musiala. And yeah. then... Fernandez didn't or Hernandez, excuse me, didn't trap, didn't shift over, and it's just a disjointed Munich defense. But it was today. lazy in children. the first half.
1: Yeah. Very lazy, and that's something that you don't say about Bayern Munich. I, look, yeah. I have no doubt that in the second leg, like they're gonna come out guns blazing. So Una Emery mm-hmm. has to be smart about it. Who do you see, by the way? Now, now that the Villarreal traveling to to Munich with uh, a goal. Lead, uh, do you still see Villarreal holding on, or do you think it just might be too much? As uh, kind of like what happened with Salzburg, right? Because yeah. Salzburg led like they did better in the first half and then they got destroyed <laughs> in the second.
0: Where Virial is different from a Salzburg, Virial will be very content to see this go to penalty kicks, <laughs> if yeah. if it does. If Munich score a goal, they'll be they'll say, "Hey, we will sit in our six yard box, let alone the top of our box, and just do everything to take this to penalty kicks." What it what what makes me question Virial's chances is they had three, four, five chances to get the second goal. If they got the second goal then I think they probably could have gotten a third goal because Bayern were playing that poorly for most of the match, and they had half chances. It's just that lack of quality. I think very late on, they had a golden opportunity where the counterattack was on, Bayern putting a lot of numbers forward, and you have players slicing shots into the stands and almost hitting the neighborhood Valencia Stadium, the Mestalla, with how poorly they were finishing. And those are the little details. When you play against the big boys, you have to put them to the sword because you bet you-know-what, you that when they get a chance, they will punish you. And I think it's just too much time left on the board for the likes of Lewandowski, Thomas Müller, and Bayern's fearsome attack, especially playing at home, to get back in this tie.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Villarreal really needed to... Unai is probably looking back at tape and thinking, oh, we really could have come up with another goal in that one. It wouldn't just been one-nothing. Those are Robert Lewandowski's numbers. Mm. Um in all competitions, clearly he is one of the best number nines in the world. Arguably, you know, the battle between Benzema and him, of course, is a, is, is a rightful one. But Ecuador, once again, Ecuador, see what I said there? Because I was thinking <laughs> of a stupid, yeah. Uh, Villarreal uh, did a pretty good job, but, uh, you know, at least nullifying the very best of uh, uh, Lewandowski and Thomas Muller. Because usually mm. Muller, you know, can create a lot. All right, well... Listen, now that we've talked about both teams, Des Norris, I'm sorry I have to do this to you. If you if you can, put up that bracket, because I wanted to just get everybody's opinion. Now that we've seen the first legs from the quarterfinals, I wonder, Michael, if your thinking has changed a little bit mm-hmm. or does it remain the same in terms of who's going to come out victorious. We've got a Man City, just very thin, one nothing lead against Atleti. Liverpool did the business against Benfica 3-1. Bayern Munich lost to Villarreal 1-0. Chelsea lose to Real Madrid 3-1. Has it? who do you have? Just got instinct. Uh, and this is not updated from today's score, by the way, but who do you have uh got instinct going through to the semifinals still? Let's go, let's go from the top left.
0: Top left at Liverpool. What yeah, they did easy. against the Benfica team, who is at home, fans behind them. They get the, the goals that they needed in the first half. To really put that tie into question, and then the third goal was the icing on the cake. So got to go Liverpool in that one. The fact that they could do that away, they will be heavy metal, and then some at home at Anfield. Are we going top yeah, right? Let's as go well? bottom again, oh, yeah,
1: bottom left again. Bottom
0: left. Okay, al Bayern. I give Bayern the edge because Real did not take care of business when they had the chances. If this was a two nothing lead going in to Munich. I give Villarreal the edge, but I think Byron, they have too much quality. The only caveat to this is what lineup does Nagelsmann put out there?
1: Yeah. That'll She's say a lot
0: about them. the chance that they have. Full strength Byron team, they they get back in this time, they win it outright, I think. And, and by you know, the
1: way, uh, that Villarreal win uh, brought an end uh, to Bayern Munich's 22-game mm. unbeaten run on the road, which is, yeah, there's no, it's kind of wild. Thanks for reminding me. So, There's something to be said about that. That's pretty remarkable, actually. So, you know, take that from what you will. But good point about what Julian Nagelsmann will do in the second leg. But I agree with you. I see Liverpool winning this. It's done and dusted. This is tough because uh, if it was the other way around and and Bayern were entering Spain in the second leg, maybe. But I just think that Bayern will will, will have too much. And to your point, VRL really should have put another one away. So I'm gonna give it to Bayern Munich in that one. All right, top right, Man City Atleti. It's a thin lead. It's only one nothing. Mm,
0: I, I, for those of you listening, I know sometimes I, I say some stuff that even I get off air, and I'm like, ah oh, man, what was I thinking? But not on this account. Atletico Madrid.
1: I know you will go here. through. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs>
0: I knew you knew I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is one of those moments that we might play the match, and I'm thinking, ah, what was I thinking? But The way they defended for a large portion of that game, I think I just think it's going to come down to the fact that Manchester City just have too many big games in a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair argument. Listen, I want to say Atleti so badly here. And like a part of me, like 40% actually, is saying go with that. Because Mm. I'll tell you what, here's what people don't understand. Diego Simeone is a little bit like an NBA coach. He doesn't really think in... 90 minutes. He thinks in stages. He thinks, let's just frustrate them for this amount of time. Once we do that, let's let's go to... So that's his thinking. It's like, let's go stage by stage, right? He has reportedly, reading from some great articles, including Miguel Delaney's, in training, he has um, a sequence for any kind of defensive possibility. So if Joe Cancelo goes one way, they'll have, figure out a way. So to your point, that's how they do it. Like, it's not just parking the bus. They have an actual system. It's just that in the very last moment, a magical player uh, called Phil Foden and just broke it out and fed Kevin De Bruyne. Now, can Atleti get a goal at Wanda Metropolitano? Yes. Can they either take a second and take it to penalties? That, to me, is a bigger question. So that is gonna be the biggest obstacle. So if this happens, Atleti have to, at the very least, just like I said, Diego Simeone has to think third quarter. Think the beginning of the second half. If it's nil-nil at halftime and you're still down one-nothing, then your first sort of 15 minutes in the second half, that's your chance. Like you need to go all out because otherwise it's gonna, it's gonna keep going. Um mm. And I'm going for Man City win. <laughs> I just think it's <laughs> it, it's too. I just didn't see enough options uh, up front. Michael Lahoud, uh, Joe Felix is amazing, Griezmann as well, but they didn't have enough service. Do you see a different approach from Simeon in that second leg?
0: You start Suarez. You that's think you start
1: option. Suarez no matter what? Yeah,
0: you start him no matter what. And Physical by the way, he Herrera
1: wasn't playing in that game, and maybe Jimenez will be back as well. That's a big one.
0: That that's a that was a, that was a massive loss for them. And are if, if you're going to play a back three especially having him, his experience, and his just grit and tenacity. I, I think that, that's, a, that's a, a fear factor for City's free-flowing front three and, and midfielders because you know he's going to kick you <laughs> and really bully you if you come anywhere near him. I think you start Suarez, and then you pick someone who's going to run off of him. But you have to start Suarez in that game. He'll get the City defenders riled up. And he's a big-game player. I, I didn't yeah. understand why. I mean, especially coming back to England. Of, you, of course, you play Jao Felix because he's been in Fuego for them. I think he scored seven goals, three assists in their last ten matches since yeah, he's they've gotten going. It's yeah. been killing it. I think you put him and Suarez in there if you're going to go with form and big gameness. Suarez, you have to play no matter what.
1: Yeah, I just think because it's only one, nothing. I'm just trying to figure out how he's going to do those first two quarters, that first half. Like, how's he going to think? But, you know, it will be a very good game. And yes, a very good comment. I'm sorry, I forgot your name who said it about the return of Ruben Diaz. Obviously, that will be important. There you go. Uh, And so thank you so much. Their counterattacks are scary, but will Diaz be ready next stage? This is the game changer. Yep, I agree. But... Man City have a lot of game changers. on hold. they have a three hundred million dollar bench, so you know it's just about figuring out how to work it out. Also, will Pep Guardiola overthink it? We will have to wait. And then on the other side of that bracket, Real Madrid—they'll get the job done.
0: Game, set, match,
1: <laughs> Madrid. It's over. I <laughs> so, it's got you.
0: Yeah, there's there's not much there's not much to say in this tie. I think what's what's needed to be said has been said, and they proved that. Today and Carlo Ancelotti, his just savviness. He got a ten out of ten display in in terms of his tactical, just awareness of Chelsea's deficiencies, how to nullify them. I think Chelsea are a team. Chelsea are a team that know how to frustrate other teams and get you that goal. Where now you're throwing numbers forward. Chelsea are a team that come out come out at you, and it's not them being at their best. Where they're throwing tons of numbers forward, and you saw that where they switched to a, a back. Four again and yes were they desperate? Yes. Did they have half chances? Yes. But did they really look super dangerous after the Lukaku header? Not particularly. Aspiluquetsa gets the shot from distance but other than that Madrid looked relatively comfortable in seeing that out. I just think Madrid, the, the golf in class is too much for Chelsea.
1: Yeah Melitao is going to be suspended for that game by the way so Ancelotti has just some thinking to do who will be next to David Alaba, but Chelsea need to be one, nothing up in the first half. Mm. If that doesn't happen, it's over. It's, it's over. I just, it's too much. The Bernabeu will be so ready for it, but um, all right. And then, so that means what Real Madrid against um, who is it? Man City. Right. Uh, But you have Atleti, So uh, yeah, but okay. That's a Madrid derby in the semifinals. Who do you have winning that one?
0: Oh man.
1: Valentina, thank you. Man City's gonna finish the job at Atletico. And I'm really hoping for a historic comeback from Chelsea. Yeah. We'll see, Valentina. I don't I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Huh? Um, what do you think?
0: If it's City or if it's no Madrid, Madrid Derby. Derby. Let's go with oh. yours. If it's a
1: Madrid Derby, who's winning that? Oh man.
0: It, maybe it's the hope. It's 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 just the hope and, and the romantic in me
1: that we get but a Madrid man, Derby. I
0: love this group of athletic players as individuals. Yeah. on paper just they have so much depth on this team and it's just will simeone really just go for it if you get to that point well or, if there's
1: an opponent that he knows the best is Real madrid right so yeah. so yeah. I,
0: I i i'd give if it's a madrid derby i go atleti to reach the so, final
1: and on the other side uh, why you gotta do this to me <laughs> um that's easier oh, liverpool, though liverpool, liverpool. that's a liverpool win all the way isn't it
0: if it's liverpool Bayern, <sighs> oh man that is you, oh, you got uh, liverpool <laughs> you gotta go liverpool, <laughs> I, liverpool. I, think, I, I think one
1: Nagels so it's win. liverpool atleti who do you have winning the final
0: what's that song Walk on. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be I'd be saying Liverpool is going to win again, but this Liverpool team. You'll I never just,
1: walk alone. You think yeah, Liverpool's got this. All right. Yeah, I think they got this. Well, I have Liverpool in the final too, but I have Man City in the other one. It's an all-premier mm. league final, and uh, I think Man City will finally get uh, that title. But, you know, mm. I've been proven wrong a million is it, times
0: before. So. Can I ask you a question?
1: Yeah. Is
0: this influenced by Jack Grealish being there?
1: <laughs> no, are you kidding? <laughs> if it was influenced by Jack Grealish, I would be saying Man City's not winning. Uh, I,
0: I, I, just a burning question. I, was no, I wish him the all last, the best, like, but
1: everybody nights. knows everybody in Kego knows Villa fans know that. Uh, I wish him all the best. Obviously, he's, a, he's given so much to Villa, but you know, as far as what happens to him now, like he's not a Villa player, it's not my concern what happens anymore. I, I'd rather talk about. The one that there is Jacob JJ Ramsey. That's uh, that's really more important. Hey, let's talk about your club for a second. Manchester United news, by the way. Reports uh, from uh, Fabrizio Romano, per of course Mark Ogden as well, and Rob Dawson are good friends there as well from ESPN originally, but Fabrizio Romano also reported it as well, obviously confirming it. Our very own Fab, Eric ten Hag, Michael Lahoud, uh, Manchester United board are pushing on ten Hag as new manager, per Mark Ogden, of course. An agreement not completed, but the talks are ongoing on staff, budget, and more. He's also approved by Rav Ranić and Eric Ten Hag. Priority has always been Manchester United's work in progress. Apparently, they had a meeting, uh, maybe more than one, and Ten Hag laid down all his questions. Essentially, it was Ten Hag interviewing United, which is how I feel it should be at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's basically set by Dan. What, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Right manager, but could it be the wrong time?
1: Mm.
0: Well, this is this is this is a special manager. This is a very quality manager. He has a, a playing philosophy, dynamic, interchangeable, possession oriented. Just what he's done at Ajax over the last couple of years has been special to watch. And it's made me an Ajax fan, mm. not just because he potentially could be the United manager, but just as a lover of the game. It's been refreshing to watch that sort of management and that sort of football being played again coming out of the Netherlands. Now, with this Manchester United team, though you have a new manager, will they give him the freedom to get the players and the system he wants to implement? Because with how things have been as of late, especially in the last couple of years, you could bring in Zidane, you could bring in anyone around the world, but that ain't going to change anything if the powers that be above don't release control over what's happening in that locker room and what's happening with contracts and really the things that impact the wider picture for this team. Paul Pogba needs to be moved on.
1: For Play his sake, like yeah. honestly, for his yeah, sake, he's
0: a brilliant player. And I'm I'm a Paul Pogba fan as I'm saying that, but it just it's hurting the player and it's hurting the club. And it's just not a good relationship at this point. Yeah. You're seeing that in some of his displays as of late, and it just really looks labored when he's on the field, I think it'd be eye-opening to see what Ten Hag does with a Cristiano Ronaldo. Does the club, is that part of the discussions? Because if you think back to when they had the chance to get Antonio Conte, I could imagine that Conte may have uh, had that in his clause of, well, if I'm going to come here, that may not be one of my players. So I think the United board really needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror and and ask themselves, do we just want to get this guy to say that we didn't miss out on him now? Or are we going to give this guy the right control and the right powers to change this entire thing around?
1: Yeah. Call to action, everybody uh, comments, please send them in right now. Is Eric ten Hag the right man for the job for the Manchester United job? I do believe Michael, that uh, part of that interview process was Eric ten Hag literally talking about what, what you're talking about, which is like, what, what is my uh, freedom in terms of the preseason? What can I do? How, how is this going to be set up in order to help me develop the squad that I want, budget, etc., all that stuff. So I'm sure he's thinking, you know, I have no doubt, Eric, to your point, fantastic manager. Um, tremendous what he's done with Ajax. I, I like that comment that you made about whether he's the right man for this club at this time. Let's see what happens, especially if he enters in the preseason where hopefully he can get everything together. We will see. Time will tell. I've always thought, and the, I've always thought that the best man for Manchester United is actually somebody that doesn't want anything to do right now with United or the Premier League and that's Nadine Zidane. Like, you know, because he would be the man that would come in and his reputation yeah. would uh, demand the respect of a Ronaldo or whatever. So all these little tiffs that we're hearing about, whether they're true or not, like that would not happen with Zinedine Sedan. That's never going to happen. Zidane doesn't want the Premier League, et cetera. Eric Ten Hag, to me, is a great great, great manager. Nobody's the right man to manage. And that, oh, man. Yeah, something tells me you're not a United fan, Ali. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, but Ten Hag has the tactical know-how, the awareness, and he can do tremendous things. But to your point, he's going to look at the squad and think, who fits? Who doesn't? Who's not truly all in on this setup? And if they're not, then it's fine. You know, uh, there's the door, etc. They're going to have to figure out up front because Edison Cavani wants to go. You know, they're going to have to figure out what to do with Marcus Rashford, because right now he's a shadow of himself. Mm. They're going to have to figure out, of course, the off the field issues. The Mason Greenwood situation is no, uh, you know, laughing matter. Something has to be done with that, of course. So there's a lot that has to be done with this club. And Eric Ten Hag is probably thinking very carefully here, Michael LaHood. Well, do I want this? And it seems that it's going to happen. You know, know, all the best. Uh, Final thoughts on Ten Hag before we move on to my next question about this. And by the way, is Ten Hag the right man for the job, everybody? Great comments. Please keep them coming.
0: Remember when Manchester City gave Pep Guardiola the job? Mm. Before Pep made any signings, what'd he do? He got rid of the trash. He took the... It is uh, Pep, that, To the bin. It, it, is, it is Pep Guardiola, but at the same time, it's a manager who was given the freedom yeah, and I have no doubt that
1: that's what's going to happen to Eric ten Hag. I think he will get that freedom. Um, I, I'm actually more concerned about if there's any truth to the whole drama within uh, <laughs> Joe Hart <laughs> and Ronaldo. If there's any truth to that, um, to all the tests that are going on within the dressing room, you need somebody that just says enough. Like this is not happening. Like you know, um, I, I hope that that's ten Hag. You know. It will be interesting to see how he manages that but to your point yeah Guardiola came into Man City and said look this is I don't want this like we're not doing this we're going to focus on this whatever so will he get the doors to the kingdom we'll see Valentina I don't think he's the right manager for United Ajax is not in the same pressure yeah okay and a much lower league than premier it's not a bad point uh, Ajax with all due respect a tremendous club but you almost have to try not to be a top 2 team in, in, in the era Divisa, when you're Ajax right when you're Ajax obviously there's competition no disrespect to PSV Eindhoven etc but you know it's true like the Premier League gives you a certain level of pressure but I think he's a smart enough man to 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 take care of that I just thought that the only person that can fix this is that <laughs>
0: yeah I, I think you're you're spot on and when there were rumors circulating around about Zidane as a potential replacement, I thought, oh, Adidas. He used to be an <laughs> Adidas guy. Ronaldo, only person apart from Fergie. Ronaldo listened to and respect. This is a match made in heaven. Now I'm asking myself, where's the bourbon?
1: Would you have preferred Mauricio Pochettino? Who? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And
0: Pochettino is in a really raw place right now. Yeah, we don't, Listen, we don't. We don't need. We don't need a coach who's hurting coming to United because we're because as a fan, I'm hurting. Yeah, that's I, I true. Manchester United wrong.
1: is not your therapy session. Like they're not going to be. They're not gonna, no. they're, they need to help themselves. <laughs> that's true. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about Pochettino, though, everybody. I don't want this whole argument about like he's never won a title. Like you are looking at this game the wrong way. Pochettino, especially in his what he did at Espanol and Southampton, were fantastic. He, you know. The only reason why he didn't win the Premier League title with Tottenham was because there was a ridiculous, miraculous situation with Leicester City. Like they really, you know, and so there is a great manager in there. I just think that Pochettino needs a club that needs salvation from a hunger perspective, not a top two, not a top four. Go to La Liga, go back there and and manage a team that's trying to get in uh, into the top four and trying to fight a real kind of team. I'm not saying Una Emery should go. I'm just saying like that kind of situation. That's what's going to help uh, Pochettino. Go to Serie A and maybe do something special with a team that needs help, uh, but not, don't go to like a team that's already a top two, but don't disregard his work just because he hasn't won silverware. Like he's done a lot. It's just, to your point, it's not the right combination, Pochettino-Manchester yeah. United. Not Not at this very moment. He should have taken it, before Solskjaer got that full time contract. Anyway, that's what I. That's what uh,
0: that, that was, well, at the time, that was pre olis at the wheel. Yeah. And <laughs> the wheels on the bus have since come
1: off. So. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's wrap things up here. Final thoughts on Europa League, which is on Thursday, of course, which you can watch exclusively on Paramount Plus. Some great action. Uh, we've talked about it in our preview, Michael, but very quickly, once again, any specific games that you're looking forward to?
0: I can't wait to see Barcelona play i just love what javi's done and your favorite player who's that i think
1: Mago. thank
0: you thank you i'm excited to see this kid play again i can't get enough of barcelona especially after that classical win just cannot get enough of this team and I, i expect them to get through this tie and i expect to see them in the final
1: yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to West Ham once again. Uh, let's see what they do against uh, Lyon. And also you mentioned it in the preview, I'll say it again, RB Leipzig against Atalanta will be pretty sexy game. But yeah, I think uh, everybody's pretty excited at the fact that Barcelona and their Xavi is doing the, the Barcelona that everybody knew for so many years. But those are the fixtures. Leipzig against Atalanta, that's an early kickoff, by the way. Frankfurt against Barcelona. West Ham at home to Lyon. London Stadium should be... Rockin' and Braga Braga against Rangers uh, so that should be another good game very good stuff for Van Bronckhorst in that one uh, but yeah that's it alright well thank you so much everybody for being part of the family Michael Lahoud make sure to follow him at Mike Lahoud Michael as you may or may not know is is part of our family here at Lasso. so expect a lot more from him even after he gets married even though I'm sure you'll get way m- I mean listen I'm telling you married life is amazing but Get ready to, you know, just you know, put up your front because wifey's gonna want, want want you to work and uh, and you know you're just gonna do it with a smile. Happy wife, happy life. Michael Laher.
0: So I've been told, and so far so good. You got to see the wedding venue today, and a lot of these. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yeah. Yeah. It. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. Nope. 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 <laughs>
1: Final thoughts on anything else, though, Michael, as we look ahead uh, to the Europa League and the end of the Champions League first late quarterfinals.
0: Mm, a, a match that we we briefly touched on. I'm really excited to see Rangers and Braga, two teams who had polarizing results. Ranger coming off the old firm Derby loss, Braga coming off a massive win against Benfica, and just there's going to be a lot of emotions boiling over in that one, two teams who could be really wildcard teams and teams that no one wants to play against should they progress.
1: Yep. Well said. Well, make sure that you enjoy them only in CBS sports and Paramount plus Michael LaHood and Mike LaHood, LMT on Twitter. This is youtube.com forward slash kego Lasso. don't forget to like, and subscribe as we look to reach uh, 11,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Kego Lasso Pod on Twitter as well. After this, we will have our weekend preview, which includes Manchester city against Liverpool And of course, uh, some more really cool things that we're coming up with in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for us. But thank you so much. Have a great Wednesday evening. We will see you next time. Till then.